Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Cortellinius Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lowy, here today with a very special guest, Antonio Cachala. How are you today, Antonio? Uh, hi, okay, Zach. Uh, thanks for, for inviting me for being here in Cortellinius Podcast. Uh, it's a huge pleasure, and uh, I want to thank you and congratulate you also, because Cortellinius is a very good uh, type of program to talk about the Portuguese football and Portuguese football needs a lot to discuss football. Uh, so uh, very thanks. I am very grateful to be here. Absolutely. Really glad to have you on. Uh, you are someone who follows not just you know the big three, but, but really all that's going on in Portugal. Before we begin, is there anything you want to mention uh, to our, our viewers? Uh, I am uh, uh, also uh, I receive Portuguese football, of course, but I also work in football, in uh, women's football, in Boadicea football, and I have this experience as a scout and as a manager, and it's a very different context, but I also do the work we are talked about earlier of the program that is PLC Perdicas, and uh, a space where I talk about Portuguese football and the game Hillfever. So it's a very interesting perspective uh, of a game that uh, permits the users and the common uh, spectators to see the game from the, a different perspective. Absolutely. Let's let's start off by talking about the weekend's action because there's a lot to discuss in Portugal. Uh, the only two remaining teams, only two remaining Portuguese teams uh, in Europe, both Braga and Benfica, losing to uh, Rangers and Liverpool. So no more Portuguese teams, unfortunately, in Europe. But uh, just after Braga's extra time elimination, just the day after, we had three games on Friday. Aruca taking on Santa Clara, um, and that ended up with a 1-1 draw. So not quite the result that Aruca were looking for. Uh, better than their previous, uh, the previous weekend's 1-0 defeat to Boavista, but it's an okay result for them uh, in one that sees them currently one point above the relegation playoff spot, two points above uh, the uh, two, point, two points above Tondela and three points above Belenenge Sod. So. This relegation fight is really getting serious. And I'm curious, what, what are your thoughts on it so far? Because we've got, it seems like it's, it's, it's really an, incre an increasingly packed relegation fight. You know, I think a few weeks ago, we were only expecting, I think, Belenenge, Saad, Pondela, Morenense, and Aruca, perhaps Vizela as well, to be dragged into it. Now we've got a lot more teams that, uh, for the first time in a while, do not seem uh, sure bets anymore. We have a lot of teams, as you said, uh, fighting for keeping their place at the Liga Portugal We have Selena Sussad, Sondela, Moreirense, Aroca, Vizela, Famalicão, Portimonense, and, uh, and also Boavista, that has a great margin of points, but they are uh, not secure because they have uh, a lot of difficult games uh, against. Uh, uh, sporting against Victoria and against uh, 
to competitors that are Moreirense and Tondela. So this fight for uh, for not uh, losing their place in first division of Portugal uh, is very interesting because uh, the fight uh, for the title is almost done and uh, it reduces the interest of some game. Uh, we have the fight for Europe is almost uh, uh, done also. So the fight for the relegation and the fact that, that we have two teams uh, that can uh, lose their places directly and one that has to play a playoff, it's very interesting because it creates a very uh, competitive uh, final of season and we have a lot of good and interesting games in the last four rounds of the, the Portuguese League. Looking back at the first half of the season, I think pretty much everybody would have expected Santa Clara to be in that relegation fight. You know, losing their all-time top scorer, Carlos Jr., losing starting center back Fabio Cardoso, losing manager Daniel Ramos uh, midway through the season, a lot of big departures to cope with. And yet, uh, since the start of February, Santa Clara have beaten Boavista drawn 2-2 to Gil Vicente, a Gil Vicente that at the time were one of the better teams in Portugal, uh, lost to Benfica, drew uh, to Portimonense, drew to Braga, beat Vizela, drew to Kamalikau, drew to Belenenstad, lost to Porto, beat Istorio Praia, and now drawing to Santa Clara. Santa Clara currently ninth in the league with 35 points and uh, 10 points above a relegation with four points left. I gotta say, in terms of teams who have had the 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 most, shall we say, the most rapid turnaround from the first half of the season to the second half of the season, I think there's an argument to be made that Santa Clara have improved the most, whereas Portimonense have probably declined the most. But you have to give credit to this unit. I mean, we were expecting this team to be suffering from from the threat of relegation, and they've done a fantastic job over the past few months. What what do you make of Santa Clara's turnaround? Uh, Santa Clara uh, has a very good uh, spot, very good players like Villanueva, for example, Lincoln. Uh, in this game, Kagawa, that is a surprise uh, after the, the leaving of Riza, the scores a goal. Ricardinho is also a good youth prospect from Santa Clara. Uh, so they have a good, a good spot. And uh, the new coach, or the coach that Santa Clara uh, buys, uh, uh, Mari Silva, is a very, very good coach. And they they use um, Mari Silva to give the team a very good, consistent in the process, uh, the defensive process. And they suffered, of course, less goals, and they were, uh, of course, more. Um, more capable of uh, scoring points, and I think that this was the key, the key to to Santa Clara to to give um, a jump on the classification. Yeah, it looks like Santa Clara are pretty much uh, have pretty much guaranteed their status in the league next season. Congrats to them. Uh, Aruka, on the other hand, still fighting for their lives. Still trying to stay up, uh, another newly promoted side who will be taking on three teams uh, who are also 
fighting relegation, Vizela, Portimonench, uh, Belenich Sad, as well as a trip to Braga. So Aruka, I don't, it's hard to see them getting anything at Braga, but they really need to get some big results in those other three games if they have, if, if they want to be staying up. Um, and, you know, I wanted to ask you, because we've talked a lot about a lot of Aruka players, such as uh, Andre Bukia, such as Joao Basso, Mateus Quaresma, but one player who has really come into his own over the past few weeks is Andre Silva. Okay, not the Andre Silva at uh, at at Leipzig. I know there are a million Portuguese people named Andre Silva, but <laughs> um, but this Andre Silva is actually Brazilian, twenty four years of age, um, uh, and has has done quite well over the past few weeks, scoring in the draw to Santa Clara, um, and and just two weeks prior to that, scored a brace against Jill Vicente to lead a 10-man Aruka side to a shock victory over Jill Vicente. Uh, prior to that, had scored a brace in a 2-2 draw against Tondela. And it, it does seem like he's, he's really showing uh, a, a tremendous improvement over the past few weeks. What have you made of Andre Silva? I think Andre Silva, and, uh, at this stage, is uh, the best player from Morocco. It's a very good, a very good striker with a great physical capacity. He's strong, he's quick, uh, he's very aggressive, um, and he has a very uh, easy shot. So he is capable of scoring goals uh, on the area, outside, outside the box, and he he has he has this capacity uh, of scoring goals of of giving a rope. Uh, what they need to to go and to fight for a place. Uh, I think Aroka at this stage um, needs to to play well and to play uh, to the point because Aroka um, is Aroka has a good uh, a good coach as well. Armando Evangelista. They try to play a good football, a positive football, but they have some limitations on their squad and. Uh, it, this year uh, was very difficult because they came from the second division to the first division and they tried to do their best but uh, the squad wasn't ready for the first division and uh, because of that they they bought a, a lot of players in January uh, like Galovic, uh, Alan Ruiz that played in the in sporting for example and they tried to to improve their capacity to to maintain their possession in the the first league. So I think uh, they have now a better squad, and and their Silva is the key player for them. Their best hope of keeping a place in the Liga Portuguesa win. Aruca currently one point above Morenense, as well as two points below Vizela and Famalicão. It'll be really interesting to see what happens with that. Um, upcoming Aruka Vizela match. Maliko, on the other hand, uh, still not quite sure of their top flight status and will need to pick up some results in their final four matches against Benfica, uh, Estoril, Belenenshad, and Braga. That is a pretty uh, daunting final four matches. Um, over the past few weeks, 
we've seen Kamaliko have somewhat of a, a disappointing form, I would say. Since the start of March, they have lost to Vitoria de Guimarães, drawn to Santa Clara, drawn to Vizela, um, uh, with Vizela scoring a last-minute equalizer uh, before losing to Guavista and losing to Portimonense, the first victory for Portimonense in 2022, uh, followed by a 2-2 draw against Gil Vicente. This really did look like a great opportunity for them to get points. Uh, opening the scoring from Simon Banza, conceding just two minutes later, uh, getting the lead once again via the penalty spot before halftime, and yet conceding a penalty to substitute Fran Navarro just um, in the final minutes. So somewhat of a disappointing run in form from this Malikao side. Uh, curious, what, what have you made of this team? It's very interesting because Malikao is probably the most disappointing team on, on this championship uh, because we think that in Malikao, they have a good squad. Uh, they had a good manager like if to if Vieira, they now have a manager like uh, Rui Pedro Silva that has a good uh, curriculum uh, as a second manager. But Famalicão suffered uh, suffered in the last past years. Uh, very very changes for in the first season they lose very important players. In the second season to this season, they, lo- uh, they lost also very important players like uh, Ugarte, for example, for example, that is now in Sporting and is one of the best midfielders of the, the Liga Portugal. Uh, and Pamalikão um, has a very good player, um, have a very good spot, but uh, they don't doesn't found uh, the consistency. In their game, so I think Kamalikan uh, has to improve uh, their their game and uh, players like Simon Banza that you said, uh, Gustavo Sonsão, Pepe, uh, Luis Junior, etc., uh, will be uh, decisive for for Kamalikan to improve in the, the last uh, part of the championship. But they have also very different difficult games and for example against Benfica. So that will be a very difficult uh, challenge for the team of Famalicão, but uh, it would be a huge disappointment to see Famalicão to play the playoff, for example, or to be relegated uh, directly. So I think Famalicão uh, will do their best to play better and to keeping a place on this, this TV. It was just a month ago that Gil Vicente managed to win at Braga with a last-minute goal from substitute Henrik Gomes, narrowing the gap for fourth place in Europa League and, and making it seem like it would go down to the wire. Since then, uh, Gil Vicente have drawn to Marichimo, lost to Aruca, a 10-man Aruca side, lost to a 10-man Morrent side, and drawn to Famalico. Um, very disappointing run. And Gil Vicente, now nine points behind Braga, they will not get, they will almost certainly not get fourth place. They could, in fact, lose fifth place to Vitoria de Guimarães, uh, who are just five points behind them. 
So very disappointing run in form for Jill. Uh, curious, what have you made of their collapse? Do you think it's just been the nerves getting to them? Do you think that they were perhaps overperforming and this is just a natural regression to the meme? I mean, how do we explain Jill Vicente's decline? It's very interesting because Jill Vicente is uh, the surprise of the season. They made uh, a season, a spectacular season, and they made huge games, for example, in Chate do Dragão, uh, where they uh, achieved a draw with 10 men. Uh, so they have a lot of good players like Tania Fujimoto, Samuel Lino, Fran Navarro, Feli, Zé Carlos, etc. But I think uh, at this point, uh, the team that um, has as a manager or as a coach, Ricardo Duarte, uh, is suffered uh, from a phenomenon of... Um, uh, I don't re- remember the term in English, but uh, they are, uh, oh, as we say in Portuguese, they... Uh, are using a very uh, not so good rhythm, with, and I think it's natural because they played so well uh, in the, this season, and they had some, some great results. That when they achieved uh, an objective that I think is superior that uh, uh, what they want, uh, that is uh, achieve the European place and. Uh, Probably with uh, the result of Castle Portugal, um, they will be capable of uh, obtaining a European place, uh, even though uh, Vitória de Guimarães or uh, Vitória Sport Club achieved the fifth place. So uh, I think uh, Gil Vicente, uh, with this objective conclude, um, has the difficulty to continue to gain points and to have some good results as they made in the past. Absolutely. Uh, unlike Jill Vicente and Famalicão, one team that has been doing fairly well over the past few weeks has been Vitoria de Guimarães. Since the start of March, they have beaten Famalicão, beaten Marichimo, beaten Morenets, uh, lost to Sporting and Porto, nothing much you can do about that, um, and Beaten Passos de Ferreira for nothing. This was, I think, the perhaps the most shocking result, honestly, of the weekend because Vitoria coming into this game uh, without Oscar Estupinian, who was who has been their top scorer and who was suspended, and yet Vitoria taking the lead from the penalty spot in the sixth minute, uh, doubling their score uh, right before halftime from Bruno Duarte, Duarte who would. I record a brace just moments after Luis Carlos is sending off for Pasos de Pajera. Uh, Vitoria making that 4 nothing from the penalty spot from Ruben Lameiras. Very impressive result. And obviously, uh, Pepa had led Pasos to fifth place in European competition last season. Uh, took a lot of flack when he decided to leave Pasos for Vitoria, um, a Vitoria side that obviously had a worse season than Pasos. But Vitoria currently sixth in the league and six points above Marichimo and Passos um, in a very impressive run of form. If they do manage to uh, 
if 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 Sporting or Porto managed to beat Tondela or Mafra in the Tassel de Portugal final, then Vitoria will be playing in the Europa Conference League playoffs. So honestly, I think that's a that's that's just about as much you could ask for from from Pepe in his first season. You know, Vitoria have had their fair share of up and downs, but uh, very strong end to the season, and we'll see if they can continue that they've got to go to Tondela. Uh, they're going to host Santa Clara. They're going to uh, go to the Estadio de Besa to take on Boavista and closing out their season um, against Chilby Sent. Potentially, uh, we'll see what happens, but potentially could determine Vitoria finishing in fifth or sixth on the final day of the season. Um, but it does seem like they, they are trending in the right direction. And I remember just a few weeks ago when we had the boys from long ball football on, they, they said that, you know, I, I think that one team who we could be talking about more in terms of the top 25 players is Vitoria because they're a team that perhaps underachieved for large portions and really starting to uh, make things work. This 4 nothing win is a massive result for them. And yeah, I'm curious what you made of this. It's very interesting because Vitoria uh, has a very good spot. Uh, they in this game they played uh, they played with players like Rochinha, Ruben Lameiras, André Almeida, Abdul Mumin, for example, and others, Gav Silva, um, and these type of players. And they doesn't have they don't doesn't have Rochinha uh, because because of the um, of the sent off in the, the previous game, and the the best player of Victoria uh, was Marcus Edwards, that uh, is now a player from Sporting, and that situation uh, was very difficult, uh, I think, to Pepe to because uh, losing your best player uh, in the middle of the season is very very difficult, and Victoria uh, wasn't in the great uh, great. Um, scenario on that moment so it's very important to think about the quality of the work from Pepe uh, in the second half of the season because uh, I think it's really amazing to win the amount of games you are playing uh, to give a fight uh, against Porto and especially against Porto uh, Porto doesn't have um, a great, uh, a great game in the uh, in Stadio uh, because Victoria uh, made a very good uh, exhibition, especially on the defensive chapter. So um, it's very interesting that Victoria is rising, and they they probably will uh, use the opportunity to to attack the position of Gilbertson that. Uh, is uh, on the opposite uh, cycle the, at this stage. Absolutely. It looks like Vitoria will end up losing Oscar Stupinian uh, on a free transfer, and the rumor is that he's going to be replaced by Anderson uh, Silva, former Malikau player. So you'd have Anderson, potentially Bruno Duarte, competing for the center forward positions. Um, and it also looks like there could be some more attacking reinforcements. Ricardo Quaresma uh, has, it, it seems he has fallen out of favor under Pepe, was left out of the matchday squad 
and took the social media to react. Uh, so unfortunately, it looks like Quaresma uh, ends a fairly disappointing time at Vitoria, I must say. Um, and I would expect them to bring in a winger, potentially having uh, a front three of Bushinha, um I would expect uh, another winger to come in to replace Lomeirish, and then yeah, you'd have Anderson or Duarte. Um, going forward, though, what do you expect from Vitoria's business? Where, where do you think they need to reinforce? I think Vitoria will, um, will buy some players, for example, for the midfield, uh, because as we see at this stage with um, the injury from Thomas Handel, um, the situation with Alfa Semedo in the game against Porto, they they had a lot of um, injuries and suspensions, and they had difficulties to to build their midfield. So I think that they will uh, buy at least one midfielder. I think at the at the front they will buy uh, uh, one striker and Anderson from ex family Hell. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, name, a very strong striker with the capacity to score a goal. A very interesting name, I think. Uh, in in the wingers, I think that uh, they are also um, create uh, the opportunity to buy one or two because they have Pochinha, as you said, Lameira. Uh, they have also they have also the um, Nelson Dalus. And Catano, that was a player from from Sporting, but I think uh, with the situation of Ricardo Quaresma, they will try to to bring one player to that sector. And I think the most um, um, the most important sector to to bring a new player is the central defense because uh, they have, of course, Abdul Mumin that is a very interesting. Uh, the central defender with a lot of potential, but uh, they uh, he is uh, in the process of rising, so he he needs help in that in that sector. Jorgensen suffered a uh, injury in this place, and uh, he has some difficulties in this season. And for it, for it, um, doesn't have uh, have the the process of. Um, integration in Victoria that was expected. So I I think that the central defense is the most important factor to Victoria to think about the new player. Yeah, I do think they will reinforce in defense as well as attack. Um, I want to talk about another team from Guimarães, and that is Morenense. Morenense, uh, they finished sixth. In 2019, they finished eighth in 2020. They finished eighth in 2021. This season, though, they have struggled uh, constantly with the threat of relegation. Um, between between February 13th and uh, between February 13th and April 3rd, they had picked up just one point uh, against Aruca in that time frame, and. They were the only team, actually, in Portugal's uh, bottom five to to fail to win in the first week after international break, after the uh, after the March international break, losing one nothing in the local derby to Vitoria de Guimarães, 
And uh, the, the following scenes after that match, we saw uh, Ricardo Sapinto come face-to-face and have some very emotional arguments with supporters. Lazar Hosic, the Serbian defender, moved to tears. Uh, it did seem like a, a team that n- pretty much knew they were going to be playing in the second division um, for next season. It seemed like a team that was in complete crisis mode. Since then, Modernets have beaten Gil Vicente and beaten Tondela, beating Gil Vicente two to one, despite going down to 10 men just after halftime, and then beating Tondela two nothing. Uh, so getting two quick fire goals just before the break from Javier Mar- from Javier Martins as well as Kevin Miralas, that Kevin Miralas, the former Everton player, first shirt, first, first, first goal in a Morenz shirt uh, for Miralas. So a bit of a, a bit of a blast from the past, shall we say? Um, but two very impressive results for Morenz, who currently sit 16th in the league. Just two weeks ago, they were bottom. Uh, now they're 16th, so in the relegation playoff spot, one point below Aruka, one point above Tondela, two points above Belenenc Saad. We've mentioned before, but you know the relegation fight is really the most exciting fight in Portugal right now. I think that we all we all know that Porto are going to finish, going to win the title. Sporting probably going to finish second, Benfica third, Braga fourth. You know, but. This relegation fight is absolutely scintillating. And uh, Morenense have pretty much dug themselves uh, out from the grave and are, are giving it a fighting shot. Um, talk to me about their past two games. Morenense is a very interesting case because uh, we, if we, we think uh, the coach of Morenense in this season, uh, they have three coaches. Um, Jean Henrique first. Uh, I'm sorry for for this mistake. Sent to Jean Henrique first. Uh, Litchi Digal after, and now uh, we have Ricardo Sapinto. Ricardo Sapinto uh, is a very competitive character, so uh, he knew at this stage uh, the game against Vicente and the game, especially the game against Condela, uh, were uh, key to to fight for not uh, um, fight for a place in the in the first league. So uh, Ricardo Sapinto uh, put uh, the team to play as uh, has uh, his character. So we saw a Morenense uh, with a great capacity to to use their opportunities. Uh, a Tondela that has Nuno Campos uh, as a coach, a coach that. Uh, is very is a defender of the possession of having the ball and starting to use that uh, that aspect of Nuno Campos to 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 play aggressive football to play a football that can uh, uh, that could hurt um, the the team of Condela and it was very effective. We saw Derek uh, Lacerda from the bench. Uh, to create a lot of, of space, to give uh, a goal to Kevin Miralles and to shot to the to 
Brigada Defense and uh, Rafael Martins Corps. So we, at this stage, we are seeing Ricardo Sapinto and the team that uh, has the DNA uh, of Ricardo Sapinto in this game. And I think Moreirense uh, uh, will activate this competitive mode at this uh, final stage of the season and will fight until the end to, to a place in first league. I really want to talk about one player on Moreirense who has uh, really blown me away these past few uh, weeks, and that is Derek Lacerda. Derek Lacerda, uh, another young Brazilian forward who... I think is is really set for I think could be a breakthrough sensation next year. Um, twenty two years of age has come off the bench the past two games. Came off the bench I think in the twelfth minute um, for Jan Mateus, and just like he did against Gil Vicente, he set up both goals and really was a constant threat in attack. Uh, and in fact completed the most successful dribbles uh, in the entire league this weekend with five. Uh, really impressive. And I, Derek first came to my attention a few months ago when he scored a bicycle kick uh, against Belenet Saad, I believe. Um, and so he's a, he's a player who I'm, I'm really intrigued by. I really want to watch more of him. Uh, and I'm, I'm just a bit confused why he hasn't been starting. Um, Jan Mateus is suspended so because of that I think that he will definitely start we'll see what happens but uh, a player who could be a diamond in the rough you know a very talented player who perhaps hasn't gotten the minutes he deserves but uh, I don't know I, I think that he's he's a really interesting player I, I wonder if Jill Vicent would be interested would potentially be interested in signing him to replace Samuel Lino. Um, he's, he's a very intriguing young forward and uh, a player who who is is worth looking at. I think that it was there that I said previously he was the, the key man of the, of the match against Pondela. So Derek Lacerda is a very, very powerful uh, winger or striker, but he can play uh, as a central forward and uh, uh, left winger and at the left side I think uh, he can show uh, the best of his abilities he's strong as I said uh, he has a good technique uh, he's very good at dribbling as you said and he has um, a very good capacity of uh, shooting so uh, it was a constant danger for, for Sandela uh, and I think uh, we will see for Eric Lacerda in this season, of course, but uh, uh, in the next season, uh, we will probably see the best of Eric Lacerda. He probably needs to work some aspects uh, to be more uh, regular, to play more um, in the first team, uh, in, the, uh, in the 11. Uh, but uh, Derek Lacerda, I think he has a very interesting potential. Uh, and uh, as you said, uh, he's not uh, um, the same player as Samuel Lino, but he has some uh, characteristics that are common. So it's a very interesting um, analysis to think about Derek Lacerda to that place. 
Glendale, uh, it, it's been kind of a weird season for them. Uh, they are 90 minutes away from, I believe, the first Tusk of the Portugal final in club history. Uh, they beat second-tier Mafra 3-0 in the first leg. So I would probably imagine Nuno Campos fields a rotated side uh, tomorrow in the, semi, in the second leg of the semifinal in preparation for the upcoming match against Vitoria de Guimarães. Got a few matches after that against Passos, Pajera, Gil Vicente, and Boa Vista. But Sandela, they have... The, they have conceded 60 goals in 30 games in the league this season. Okay, so they're averaging two goals conceded per match. Uh, I'm not a mathematician, but usually when your team does that, it probably means you're going to get relegated, especially when the next worst defense is Aruka with 51. Okay, so there's a nine-goal gap between them. Um, I'm curious, what have you made of this Tondela side? I think that perhaps the the decision to to stack Paco Ayestaran um, and replace him with Nuno Campos, uh, I'm not sure what to make of that decision. It, obviously, if Nuno manages to keep them up, it was the right decision, uh, no matter what. But they're currently in the relegation zone. They are uh, they are struggling to perform, and while they have while they did manage to beat Marichmo um, on April third, they have followed that up with losses to Sporting and 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 Morenense. Prior to that, they had drawn to Aruca, lost to uh, Porto, and drawn to Belenenses Sad. So uh, they are in need of a big few results against Vitoria, Passos, Jill, and Boavista. Sandela is... I agree with you in the situation of the, the post so Paco Yesteran uh, made a very good season last year. Uh, but this season, I think it was a very difficult job because they, they lost Mario Gonzalez that were, uh, that were their best player and was one of the best players of the league last season uh, to Braga. And they doesn't have the, the spot to to be so much competitive. They they have one or two players that have a great capacity. For example, Trigueira is a Salvador Agra is a player with the capacity to to create goals, to create assists. Um, they have, they have also Sainan. Uh, uh, Netboard, for example, but um, it's very difficult for um, a club like Sondela uh, that is always in this fight for keeping one place in, in Liga Portugal uh, to be in this position uh, constantly and with success. So I think this will be a very difficult job to, to Nuno Campos that is a, a close uh, as we said, uh, with uh, different uh, characteristics of Paco uh, Yastran and uh, with this, uh, a different option, uh, concept of the game uh, that Sondela needs at this stage. It's a very offensive code uh, with 
the wheel to have all. And at this stage, Condela uh, needs to have a, uh, a process defensively that um, that secures results, and that is not happening. So uh, Condela needs to improve a lot uh, to fight for for this final of the, of the season. But I think they will uh, have a lot of difficulties to to maintain their place on the league. 